This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, March 22nd, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Steve Hellwagon. A lot to get into today. Plenty of football to get into. I do want to start off, kind of want to put a bow on the basketball season. The Buckeyes with the shocking loss to Oral Roberts on Friday. Man, that 15 seed beating a two seed. I, I never thought I'd see the day where Ohio State was the victim of that, but they were. Steve, not just that game. I want you, you're close to this basketball program. Year four of the Chris Holtman era has ended. Everybody's a prisoner of the moment. Some people are extremely upset and and think Chris Holtman's not the right man for the job on our board. And you have other people I think are a little more even keeled and are saying, no, he's the right guy. It's just a tough loss. Give me the state of the hoops program right now as you see it. Well, uh, I put a headline up that it was a bitter loss uh, to cap an otherwise stellar season. And people kind of took umbrage at that, like what was so great about it. And they did win four games on the road against top 15 teams. They beat UCLA and Notre Dame in the non-conference for whatever that was worth. And then uh, they had that run in Indianapolis where they beat Minnesota, Purdue, and Michigan three games in three days and very thrilling. And at least it was entertaining. It didn't end up translating into any kind of a championship or a trophy or anything like that. No – no nets were harmed in the making of this movie, but, you know, I don't know. I, I think the program's on solid ground. Holtman, to me, seems like a very solid citizen. I don't think you have to worry about any off-the-court issues. It doesn't seem with him or his players. And to me, I think you stay the course because I think you have got the makings of a team that can contend next year with the proviso that they find somebody to play the point guard position, I presume it's going to be Michi Johnson, and they need to find somebody to play the center position because asking EJ, EJ Liddell to guard opposing centers was not sustainable, in my opinion. So it really dragged down what he could produce on the offensive end. It was unfair to him to give up five inches to half the guy, better than half the guys he was defending. And uh, to me, I don't know, just a square peg in a round hole. They got to go out and get either Efton Reed from the high school ranks and he can come in and play 15 or 20 minutes a game or go out and get a John Harar or from Penn State or somebody else who's accomplished, who's established, who you know is going to come in and, and, and give you great minutes right away. Um you know, I was at Purdue at Mackey Arena for the game. To me, it was very disappointing. I didn't like Ohio State's body language uh, in the in the pregame. 
I put this in the column that I wrote that there was a delay in the start of the game because the Florida game had gone overtime. So they held the start of the game for a couple minutes with the guys all kind of standing around ready to go. And Oral Roberts, five starters came right up to the center line and just kind of stood there in their position for the tap. And Ohio State's guys were over hugging and dancing and doing all this rigmarole that they'd already arrived. You know, they're the two seed. They've already arrived. And guess, go guess what? Oral Roberts comes out and blitzes your ass seven to nothing to start the game. And you end up losing the game by three. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the free throws, the turnovers, uh, not guarding Kevin O'Banner, not guarding Max Acemas, uh, you know, add it all up. I mean, Florida didn't do any better against them. They lost to them as well. Uh, we it saw does yesterday. take a little bit of the sting off, a little bit. A that, little bit. That or- yeah. Oral Roberts might just be one of the better 15 seeds we're, ever, that they went out and beat Florida and got we're to We're all Oral 16. Roberts now, Dave. We're all Oral Roberts now. <laughs> and somebody uh, put on – Twitter that what is it um, I guess it's not that that uh, region but uh, there's one region where it's going to be either Loyola Oregon State uh, Syracuse or Houston in the uh, final four and I doubt many people I mean Houston's probably got some picks but the other three certainly not so very unpredictable the NCAA tournament and we learned that I think you could call this one of the worst losses in Ohio State basketball history, one of the worst defensive performances in recent memory. And yet, I don't think you throw out the baby with the bathwater here. I think you stay the course because I think you've got a potential top 10 team to start the season next year. I'm with you. I think, um, again, I think people are prisoners of the moment. And oh. I like Chris Holtman a lot. I, Of course, that loss stung, but I think overall he's got the – program yeah. in a very good position i think overall they, they had overachieved this year really quick i want to get your thoughts on recruiting you touched on this a little bit they do have malachi branham coming in who led akron st vincent st mary to the state championship as you wrote about over the weekend gary house too i believe wrote about for our site um great to see gary doing stuff for our site um recruiting obviously whether it's football or basketball is the lifeblood of the program where are you at on Holtman as a recruiter right he's never going to be thad mata in thad mata's early days at ohio state probably but Seems like he's getting better. Malachi Branham's a big-time guy. I was not – and I like Zed Key. I think Zed Key's going to be a solid guy for four years. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be a star. Eugene Brown, I have no idea. I didn't like what I saw out of him, but that was a very small sample size. And those are the only two guys he had, uh, originally signed in the 2020 class, a two-man class, till Michi Johnson, of course, uh, reclassified. Where are you at overall on Holtman as a recruiter? I'm okay with him as a recruiter. And let let me backtrack Uh, that list of 15s that have lost or defeated twos. uh, Some of those twos are Syracuse with Jim Boeheim, Michigan state with Tom Izzo. And they've been to the final four since that happened. uh, And uh, Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. And uh, they've all lost uh, as twos to 15s to be a two. You've got to be a great team and a great program to get it to and so there was some good stuff that happened this year and I don't think it's the death knell of the program by any means if, if those Hall of Fame coaches can bounce back from it uh, you know anybody can so uh, or to put themselves in that position regarding the recruiting uh, 
he's had his share of top 50 guys. I mean, they got Carton, they got Gaffney, although Gaffney, in my opinion, was not a top 50 guy or top 100 guy. Liddell was a great kid. Two-time Mr. Basketball kid. in Illinois. You don't think Illinois would love to have him in many yes. other programs? That was a great get. Go ahead. Great sorry. get. And obviously, Carton and Gaffney didn't pan out uh, for reasons beyond the coach's uh, you know, purview. Um, Key and Brown were, were in some regards, stopgap uh, signings because they, they had recruited higher rated players, didn't get them, but jury out on Brown. I personally think Key is going to be a serviceable college player yep. as a power forward. They didn't like playing Key and Liddell together because of defensive liability, they said. So whatever. They're, <laughs> the big, biggest defensive liability I've seen is that Oral Roberts tape. So, you know, if <laughs> – you know, if, if you want to trade uh, useless possessions at one end with people who had no business touching the ball for Zed Key not playing, then, you know, die on that hill. That's fine by me. So uh, kind of make your bet on that one. I feel your I, angst. I love it. Yeah, I'm 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 a little conflicted on that explanation. So and Musa Jallo played 32 minutes, man. Musa Jallo yes, played 32 and no minutes. Production. And Zed, he played like six minutes. Great yeah. kid. I think Musa Jallo should play 15 minutes a game yeah. as a defensive stopper, as a change-up, get him in there. If someone's getting a heater, you stick Musa Jallo on him and you, you calm him down. Okay, recruiting. Michi Johnson, if he's healthy, is a national top 100 player. In our system, they reclassified him to 2020 and somehow moved him out of the top 100 where he was in 2021 and moved him out to like 140. That doesn't make any sense to me, but it's a computer glitch, whatever. It's wrong. He's a national top 100 player. Did he play like it this year? No, but I don't think he was expected to give him a whole lot, and honestly, he really didn't. So it was a great experience for him. Is he going to be ready to take over? I think he plays 20, 25 minutes a game next year. He's not going to need to play 35 because you've got uh, Jallo and Washington and Sotos who can all play the point guard position. So I think that's going to work itself out. And as far as going forward, they've got two national top 60 players uh, committed for next year with uh, Bruce Thornton, the point guard from uh, Georgia, and Roddy Gale, the shooting guard. He's from New York. He's playing at a prep school in Utah. Their two teams, Thornton and Gale, are going to play in the Geico Nationals coming up in a week or so on ESPN. So you'll want to make that appointment viewing just as Branham was last night. Branham, to me, is going to immediately move right into the top five or six on this team next year. Uh, he's going to take minutes away from Jallo, Arns, Brown, whoever, because he has to. He's just too good. And, uh, you know, you may have to live with some things with him. He's not a great three-point shooter, but uh, he can improve on that. He's a he's national top 30 player, should have been a McDonald's All-American, bunch of bull crap. And they got uh, two program players. Kalen Etzler, uh, rangy 6'8 forward, could probably play the three, the four, maybe even the five if he grows up. And then Bowen Hardman, a shooting guard from Cincinnati Princeton in the 2022 class. Program player, wants to be a Buckeye, maybe another Arns, maybe better, maybe worse. We don't know. And they still got to go out and get that center, Dave, either Efton Reed or a John Harar on the aftermarket or whoever. So I know that's much more basketball than you football people care about, but we'll sit here and talk basketball all we want. Well, let's switch gears and talk some football. We're going to talk with Ryan Day here in, in just a couple of hours, 11.15 a.m., Buckeyes are practicing right now as Steve and I are recording this show here at 9 a.m. 
and we're going to get a chance to interview Ryan Day over Zoom at 11.15. Um, I believe this is practice number three for the Buckeyes today. So um, when you look at football, Steve, when you look at spring football, when you look at our chat with Ryan Day later today, what intrigues you the most? What's like on your mind the most when you look at this Ohio State football team as, as they're kicking off spring ball or have kicked it off? Well, I think people are going to be quick to make a lot of assumptions and judgments and I don't think you can do that yet because the first two or three days of the spring, excuse me, I'm having a hard time talking. They are in um, t-shirts, jerseys, and uh, helmets. They're not in shoulder pads. So really nothing has really transpired yet. They've worked a lot on fundamentals and walkthroughs, and this is what it'll look like when we put pads on, but they haven't put pads on yet. So I think you have to kind of delay any judgments. People are going to push you know, day to day, who, who's, who's looked good so far, you know, we'll get that question and he will not answer it. He typically will say, Oh, there's so many guys. If I tried to name you one or two, I'd leave somebody out and make them mad is his stock answer to that, which is basically his way of telling you nothing. So, um, you know, until we get a chance to put our own eyes on this with maybe a scrimmage situation or something like that, where we could see, Oh, he threw late over the middle and double coverage. That's a mistake you can't make. Oh, he got hit from behind. He fumbled. Ooh, can't do that. You know, those kind of things until you see uh, with your own two eyes, it's going to be impossible to make any kind of real value judgments. Everybody looks at the recruiting rankings and says, Ooh, CJ Stroud's got to be the heir apparent to Justin Fields. He was heavily recruited. He's a top 50 guy. Kyle McCord could steal this thing. I mean, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not predicting that. I'm just telling you, be prepared for the un uh, the unthinkable, the, you know, maybe what you did, the unexpected, I guess, because uh, I mean, there's people talking about the offensive line, like they've stood right there in the meetings with Greg Studerala. Well, he should be the guard and he should be the tackle. Well, how the hell does anybody know? We don't know what any, what Greg Studerala and Kevin Wilson, and Ryan Day are thinking about that. We're not watching these reps and, you know, until they tell us what they think they're going to do, it's kind of just, we're feeling away in the dark. So Paris Johnson, you know, it'd be great if he gets to play. Just rest assured, if Paris Johnson's not playing, they've got five pretty good offensive linemen somewhere across there. And, you know, whether that's Harry Miller at guard or center, I don't know. But to me, those are the two big things. Uh, quarterback and offensive line shaking out with that center. And then over on defense, you got three open spots at linebacker, an open spot at cornerback. And uh, I think Zach Harrison's taken over at the, the spot Cooper had at defensive end. So, uh, you know, another defensive tackle is requested, uh, maybe Teron Vincent or Jerron Cage or, or somebody. They moved Enoch Vamahi over there for one of the bowl games when they were down because of COVID. And I just wonder about that. Could he be another, um, you know, Tommy Togi guy, space eater, strong guy who, who moves piles um, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's intriguing to see where Edith Vahamai is lined up because they don't need him on the offensive line. He'd be about the ninth name listed on the offensive line, but they could definitely use the help of defensive tackle until the, you know, the freshman Hill and some of them other guys uh, grow up. So I don't know, Dave, those are my thoughts. Again, we don't know what we don't know because we're not there. So, um, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can to make sense of it, just like everybody else. Yeah, you touched on, last thing here on the show, you touched on something I wanted to talk about. Zach Harrison, right now, if you had to pick a, uh, 
you know, a guy that has improved the most since the season ended, talking to Ryan Day and talking to Zach Harrison himself and, and some of the other guys, seems like they would be Zach Harrison. It seems like since the season ended, he has just dedicated himself to football. Um, he says everything that he's doing, he's going hard. Every rep in the weight room, every rep that they're doing, um, you know, when they're running, doing anything like that, now they're in spring ball. Every, everything he's doing is full speed, and he said maybe his effort where, wasn't where it needed to be. Ryan Day was gushing about him just, again, not about how he looks so far in spring ball, to your point, but just how hard he's worked so far in, in Mickey Marotti's program the last month and a half, two months. Uh, that's great to see because we know Zach Harrison, the five-star pedigree, Steve. Talent was not the issue with him, and he looked really good, I thought, as a true freshman. This past season didn't look that good. If Zach Harrison can realize his potential um, and be a force for them opposite Tyreek Smith, I mean, they're going to be collapsing lines of scrimmages, and that's going to be so much fun to see. Um, your thoughts on Zach Harrison? It sounds like he is really stepping up. Got to be very excited about him. I actually have a good friend of mine who uh, worked at uh, works at Orange High School who who knows Zach on a personal level and vouches for him through and through as a person. And uh, to me, I uh, I am excited about it. My wife actually was on social media and found the picture of him looking like a bodybuilder. For goodness' sake, yes, he has got muscles on top of muscles, and you just hope that translates into production. He was actually among the team leaders in sacks and tackles for loss, even though people thought it was not a great year for him. And uh, I think with a full 12, 13, 14 game season, however it turns out, he's going to put up some huge numbers. Um, they really need uh, Tyler Friday, Javante Jean Baptiste uh, to show up behind Tyreek Smith and Zach Harrison and provide great support. When they get in a game, they need to produce immediately. And there's no excuse for those guys now in their third, fourth year, whatever. It's time. The, the moving sidewalk is ending. Please look down. It's time to move into the production phase of your college football uh, career. And uh, I'm excited about that four-man group. And then you have a young kid, Jack Sawyer. I think they the, – I put a photo. I think it was him. I, I, I haven't got the roster in front of me. If he's 33 and we put a photo of him out there, man, he, he looked good too. So <laughs> – you know, again, he didn't play last year, sat out the high school season, and, you know, we'll see if that worked to his benefit or his detriment. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited, Dave. I, I think Harrison's got that angular look as an athlete. Uh, you know, we want to invoke the Chase Young comparison. That's maybe a little bit unfair, but uh, maybe this year it won't be. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Great stuff from Steve Hellwagon. Thank you very much to Steve. Once again, head on over to Bucknuts later today, Bucknutters. We will have the full video and a story on what Coach Ryan Day has to say to us at 11.15 a.m. Thanks again to Steve, and thank you to all listeners out there for tuning in to the show. We appreciate that very much. Have a great day, Bucknutters. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 